Hi, Larry Nolan, and I am from the Bay Area. Uh, I just raced the 55 plus. I'm a 60 year old and had a great time. Just uh, we were supposed to get rain here in Chico, so Daryl and I came up. Just had a great time in this, you know, four stages over three days. I ended up in the old man's division, so there's only 30 of us, but we had, you know, we come at it with as hobbyists and have a good time and just walk away shaking hands and that kind of thing. So it was a good time. So what team do you race for? Uh, I race for CalNats, which is a new team. So that's uh, just some old guys that said, hey, we don't need to be sponsored. Let's um, not take away from the sport. Let's give a little to it. So we formed a, a team after I had been part of specialized juniors and also racing myself but for the past 11 years through northern california cycling foundation and uh it was just a great run um we ended the the program for personal reasons but also the chairman had passed uh, and then we just decided that you know instead of supporting one team that the money would be put into usa cycling it could support many different riders that need it in the way of grants for the Wyatt Weissel Memorial Fund. So so before we get into your, your race here, which I do want to hear about, uh, let's go back to the junior program that you had been part of. Uh, how long were you with that program? Um, 11 years, which was a good run. And, um, you know, the, the odds of a junior becoming a professional is really small. So, uh, you know, Daryl, who I drove up with, his I met his kid when he was eight years old, and Marcus was on our team for eight years. And, He's just a, another great example of the program, right? He became a engineering student at Cal Berkeley and graduated in four years, and he's working at Snapchat. Um, so the cycling ends up promoting this, like, how to manage your time, how to network with people, how to be an ambassador for the sport, how to, you know, leverage your resources is probably the biggest thing. And he, he you know, the, a lot of juniors with our program, uh, 49 in total, a um, couple of recent ones, um, Nielsen Palace a couple of years ago graduated our program, but he was coming from triathlon and then mountain biking, and we allowed him to do both. So he was on whole athlete in the mountain biking and then with us as a road cyclist, uh, and then he you know, got connected with uh, what is Hoggins-Berman but, uh, at the time, but then became Action Hoggins-Berman, and now just yesterday through Milan-San Remo, you know, hit the front with 25k to go in a monumental classic, uh, Milan San Remo, which was just a great race to watch at 300 kilometers, right? So to still be there at such a young age is just a real testament of his abilities. So it's two cool questions on that. One is, I want to ask you kind of, they're, they're different. One is, what do you think of Nilsson at that age being put into that situation so kind of early in his world tour career? And then the other one I want to talk about is, uh, what did you do for these juniors? Because you're right, not a lot of them, we see Saltzman out here today, he's doing well, um, but not a lot of them are going to end up going to a pro. So what did you do anything with these guys specifically trying to focus on real life after cycling, if that's the case. So let's start with the Nilsson one and then go back. What do you think about him being put into that situation yesterday uh, in Milan-San Remo? Well, uh, I'm going to split that. Uh, so first on the Nielsen part, what I understand is like the expectations were not there for him. He was just, he was flying low and he hadn't done Perry Nice, so he didn't have those miles in his legs or 
the race in Italy, Trinico. Um, he, so he didn't have the miles that these other guys had. So he came in a little, he pulled in at the last minute, came in, did the race. Um, and I doubt if any pressure was on him. And he's just such, you know, a hard worker. Uh, and in fact, when you talk to him about the things he's done in the last few years when he had, so his breakthrough race, I, I think just to recap that part is, you know, in the tour of California on Gibraltar, he just like, wow, everyone, I mean, the amount of TV coverage he got, was just like incredible. So when you take what he, his mindset is, but also cause he, he's got this work ethic, but also in what he wants. So he's desiring a lot, but also what he's capable of. So you know, that's what, now to go the other part with our program. We're really just trying to um, nurture the kids along, not necessarily shove them. Uh, there are some teams that put them on a fast track. We were never, tr- never trying to um, call ourselves professional juniors. They were just literally learning at a young age that if they wanted to continue in the sport, they had a role and they they have to continue to develop. I mean, I, I mean, you can liken it to any other sport that. That when you're in, let's just use baseball since that's coming around now. If you're in single A, double A, triple A, you're still developing and you're learning. You're not there yet. I mean, even though you might have be young and out of high school and gotten a contract, you're still got a lot to learn. So this guy's going to interrupt this conversation with the boombox. <laughs> okay, let's talk about your. I appreciate all the the junior stuff. Uh, let's talk about your race this weekend. You started off by winning the Thunderhill Circuit race. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm not sure how much well, you can edit this part, but we're going to go into this. So, uh, <laughs> there were seven teammates against, you know, on, in out of the 30 riders, there were seven teammates. And, uh, I just became lucky that day that the two were in the breakaway. Uh, I put a little effort in and then let the rest of the team, the, the rest of the pack bring it close. So we l- rounded that last corner and they still had about three or four seconds and they made the mistake of um doing a little bit of like hey are you gonna win or am i gonna win um and then as we rounded the corner um i was behind a rider that specifically wanted me behind him and then so i went to the left and broke away from him and then he and his teammate dove to the left and collided so they they had a slowdown and an accident and then so my sprint began and then now i'm catching the people that had this discussion up front and I just happened to win the thing so it was just a, a you know a lucky day but also a very good day to beat seven teammates so that seems a little bit humble but well well done so how did the rest of the weekend go for you and how did you finish uh, overall any, any other highlights that you had for the oh, weekend absolutely. so the um yesterday was different uh we had done 90 miles last year and it was only 45 this year and I, on the one hand, love 90 miles because you have an early season chance to get fit, right? You do get fit when you go 90 miles. So instead we're at 45, which is okay. I'm no, I'm better at 45. Um, and the gravel section one time is fine with me, but we got neutralized quickly by the women and then we got to race again and we didn't really race yet because we weren't towards the gravel. So then we got neutralized again and then we got, we were behind them. And then they let us pass before we got to the gravel. So we really only did about 20, 25 miles full on. And it was a hard 20, 25 miles. So Joe Foster, one of the Thirsty Bear riders, hit the front and just hit the front. And uh, I made a decision at one point to uh, not go with his surges. Uh, I was at my limit and he ended up 
um, going solo. And then tactically, the mistake there is now I go back to the group, which includes three of his teammates, and I'm outnumbered and not, you know, nobody's obviously going to want to chase their own teammates. So um, anyway, I ended up doing a little bit of work with some other people, and we managed the gap down to 17 seconds. And then today, now fast forward to today, Sunday, the um, crit, you know, they there's three time bonuses on the line for second and third. They would be happy to get three guys up the road. And they did have, coincidentally, three guys up the road, and one of them was their teammate. So they were pretty pleased. But at the same time, one of the guys up in the break ended up with the time bonus and moved them into a tie for GC. So we had, going into the time trial, a pretty um, tight race going on. And that's always fun because there's a lot of competition and a lot of good things going on. But at the same time, Joe Foster is such a great time trialist, is a former Ironman that he, I don't know the final results, but he just whomped on everybody. And um, I was his 32nd man and he caught me. So uh, humble runs deep in, uh, you know, you can have good days like I had on Friday and you can have a realistic day like I had today. So. So overall, how many editions of the Chico stage race have you? Do you think you've done? Well, again, directing the juniors, I we had conflicts for a number of years. We'd go down like San Dimas is coming up next weekend. We would always go. That's a USA selection race for juniors, so we would always go there, and that was always fun. But um, I've done four of them, I think, and uh, just a great, great race to do. I hope they continue it. Do you, are you a national champion? Uh, yeah, I am. Because I see stars around your neck. So uh, in what discipline and how many times? Uh, 52 national championships, uh, two criteriums, and 50 track races in, in various events. 52. Well, this is the best interview I've done on a national championship basis. So uh, thank you, Larry, for um, taking some time today. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm here with Jeff Gallon, the race director of the Chico Stage Race, 2018 Chico Stage Race. How did everything go for you this year? Well, it's still going, I guess. Uh, things are going well for the racers. It's always chaos behind the scene. Now, this was your first year, is that correct? Second year? For me, I, I was the first director of this eight years ago. Took it the first three years, and then Mike Painter did a few years, and then I did it last year and this year again. Okay, so my I'll edit this part out then. My, no, I'm just kidding. I won't do that. Um, what about the logistics? How long of the year does it take you to start getting this going? When should it start or when do we start? When do you start and when? Should it? Always way too late. It's a, it's a mad dash scramble every year. There's about five people committed to making this happen that put in many, many hours scrambling right up to the last minute to find volunteers and prize money. And and do you think it was a good success this year? The, the race has gone off well, yes. Yes, it's a success. No incidents behind the scenes that we should uh, that would be entertaining to the folks? That you could actually talk about? I probably won't put it on St. Patrick's Day again. Last year we had to tow two cars. This year we had to tow 31 cars because a lot of drunks left their cars on the course last night. Okay, that happens. Yeah. So what about next year? Are you, and what is your uh, process for trying to get the date on the calendar? <laughs> is, that, is that a controversial issue? Well, I, there, there, there's, there's the answer I'd give in public and the answer I'd give you. Um, probably around the same time. Okay, I, I understand. So what, what is the process that goes into getting the, uh, on the calendar? What do you have to do to, to get the spot? And what goes in your thinking? Fortunately, we're one of the bigger races in the Northern California Regional, and we can get 
pretty much any weekend we want. The other race promoters will often call me and say, when are you going to have your race so I don't schedule against you? Okay, that sounds good. I'm um, not to sound like an ass. <laughs> oh, no, no. You, you, first of all, you've been putting in a lot of hours this week. How, registration, how did it go uh, numbers-wise? We were down a bit on numbers this year, but I also combined a few categories um, that probably cost us a few um, entries. Because people were protesting about it or just decided not to come or they didn't want, what do you mean by costing you? So I eliminated 45 plus in their own field for both the Masters 1, 2, 3 and the Masters 3, 4. The, the 1, 2, 3 guys, we had about 35 guys per field last year and we had about 70 combined. So we actually had a much better race with a, a, a broader depth of California Masters racers. I believe 45 plus took the top two steps in GC. So we had deeper teams, more teams, uh, bigger peloton, better racing. In the three fours, I think the the older guys felt a little less excited about racing with stronger people who were younger or in a higher category. The fours are, are a little more nervous of racing with threes than the twos and ones are racing with each other. So and we and we lost racers numbers in the, in, the, in that category, probably forty racers. Okay, so I did the 35s, and, and I'm in 45, and I had no problem with it. Matter of fact, I loved having the bigger field. There's just a better dynamics to it all, especially in the crit and, and the road rate. I, actually, all of it. So I don't have a problem. Let me ask you about whether you're a masochist or not, because you posted on Facebook about a TT or the T time trial being a Mercs or TT style. Um, how do you feel about what you've done there and the, the fallout about it? Well, I'm trying to remember why I posted that. I never actually had it any... I, I desire to do it. There had been some discussion about other TTs and stuff, and I was mostly trying to drive chatter about Chico. Well done. You you pay attention to local or to national politics, then obviously. So. <laughs> okay, so I, I personally have no problem with uh, how it came out. So, but unless I mean, if there had been a big feedback, yes, do it. Then I would have listened to that. But I, I didn't wasn't necessarily planning on that. I mean, it, there had been other, there was another thread that I'd been reading that was talking about time trial stuff, and so I just kind of put it up there. Okay. Uh, any different changes that you have in mind for next year uh, after, you know, this race? No, our format is fairly set and, and working. I mean, our, our courses are good. Um, I might shuffle field stuff around again. I'll, I'll probably have more categories. We There was a, a time frame dynamic at the road stage that we needed to be out of town by three that really drove why fields were combined and shortened to get us out of that area by 3 p.m. Okay, I'll let you get back to the race, but I do have another question. Uh, the Pascenta Road Race of rotating the start-finish uh, from the last few years back to where kind of the original, I guess, was. What was the thinking into that, and what do you have going forward? Well, I we ran it this year the way it was started when I started the stage race, and the the way the... Uh, geography of that course goes the hardest sections towards the end you have the power sapping gravel and you come out of it to the harder hills right before the finish so it, it, it separates the strong from the weak but it, it, when it runs in the middle or beginning of the course it's easy to regroup on that long flat section unless there's a stiffer wind coming out of the north so or, or it drops someone completely and shatters them so bad they never want to come back to the race because if you finish, you know, five minutes behind, you think, well, you know, if I just train harder, I can be there with the leaders next year and I want to come back. But if you finish 30 minutes behind, you go, that, that race is too hard and I never want to come back again. Yeah, doing uh, 45 solo is a little, or with a small group, is, is uh, worse than just doing five, five miles or whatever you might have to do. 
Yeah, or, or the better part of 90 when you come off in the gravel the first time through and you're still a lot left in the first lap and you have a whole second lap to go. Yeah, that, that's demoralizing. All right. Any, any last words you want to give out to the people about uh, the Chico stage race? I just want to thank everyone for coming out and racing. We, uh, we're not in this to make a profit. We will turn a little profit probably. It all goes right back into cycling in the race. Uh, there's not a single uh, volunteer earning a penny out of this. So it, it's all for the love of cycling. One, one last question. Uh, Frank Andreo as the announcer, good get. He seems to have a lot of energy and excitement for all the categories. I really enjoyed that. How'd you come about uh, getting him? Um, been acquainted for a while. Um, he is someone through the not so distant history of cycling was pushed to the fringe by the cycling right after he retired and not able to make a living in his, you know, sport. And now that that, you know, the, the, the dark spots of our sport have had a light shined on it. He is, uh, you know, he's, he obviously has a role in shining that light. And it's nice to use someone, and he's a great guy, just all the way around, great guy. And so I'm very happy to use him. And we'll always have him back as long as he wants to come back. Okay, so thank you very much. I thought the race went out great. Uh, the women are still doing it, and um, should be good for them. So thank you once again. Thank you. My name is Alex Chu. And what are you doing here at the Chico Stage Race? Uh, I take pictures. Good pictures too, right? Uh, I try. So how many years have you been coming out to Chico? Uh, this is my sixth year. I've been here since they started, actually. What's your plan, game plan, when you come to a race like this uh, for taking pictures? Um, well, for the circuit race, it's a little bit hard because um, you don't know which side they're going to do it on. Um, lately, it's been on the smaller side uh, instead of the larger course that was on the first few years. And then for the road race, it's pretty much always the gravel. That's There's, there's nowhere really else to do it. That's why everyone prepares for that. Um, the TT is pretty uh, open, so that's more of matter of preference. Uh, the crit is just all around downtown, so it's you know you can take your pick really. What about weather? What do you do to prepare for that and food? Um, so food is, is always an interesting thing. Um, I love uh, Petsies. It's not really good for your health, but um, I have a cooler full of Petsies and sandwiches uh, to stay hydrated and keep myself from getting hangry. Because uh, uh, angry photographer, a hangry photographer doesn't make for good pictures. So you know, I was trying to keep stay stay well fed that way. Um, and I have a ton of rain jackets because uh, every time here, we always seem to barely, uh, barely stave off the rain. Because I don't know why, but it always scares me. So so a long day out. Headphones, book. What do you do to? keep off the boredom during uh, races? So I don't have them with me, but I have Bluetooth headphones. Um, so I listen to a lot of uh, Spotify um, podcasts, kind of get distracting for me, um, but definitely a lot of lot of loud music because otherwise, I mean, don't get me wrong, racing is amazing to watch, but uh, you have to keep yourself motivated. You know. Post-production, how long does it take you to get all the pictures out? Um, so in terms of reference um, for the uh, circuit race, there was about 9,000 pictures. The road race was about 3,000 pictures. TT Today was about 2,000. And then I'm at about 4,000 right now for the crit. So um, it usually takes me two hours at a normal race to do. So after Chico, that's usually about three or four. It's a lot of staring in front of the computer. But it's important to take a break every now and then because otherwise you start looking cross-sighted at the monitor and that's not good pictures. So, so I'll get you out of here, but uh, how long does it take you to get all those posted out for the public? 
Um, and where can they find those? So my website is a little bit hard to pronounce. Um, it's spelled A-C-A-U-R-O-R-A dot smugmug.com. Um, you can also just Google me, uh, Alex Chu, last name C-H-I-U, photography. It's pretty easy to find me that way. That's probably the easiest way. Um, and it does usually take about, like I said, about a day or so. So I am striving to get these out by the afternoon tomorrow. Um, we'll see how that goes. All right, well, good luck. Thanks again. Thanks, Tyler.